Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Clear Cut Sports. I'm your host, Seth. It's Friday edition. Hope everyone's having a wonderful Friday. And let me first say my uh, thoughts are with the uh, people of uh, Minneapolis and uh, the Minnesota. The unfortunate events involving George Floyd. It's a tragedy. And hopefully justice is served um, correctly and swiftly. So my thoughts go out to anyone affected by this. So we're going to start off this episode, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he came out and said he is the best wide receiver in the NFL. And he may have a case. You know, the stats out there, like he doesn't drop a ball whatsoever. So when you look at it from that perspective, I mean, yeah, he, he could be right. As a matter of fact, I do think he is right. And we're not not stat-wise, you know, and he might not have the best stats, but pure receiver, if you need to catch when it counts, who am I going to throw to? The first guy on my list would be DeAndre Hopkins. It got me thinking, there's so many great receivers, because it is tough, you know. you got Michael Thomas and Julio Jones and the crew. It's tough to kind of, you know, pick a best receiver. I mean, you'd be happy with any of them, I would imagine. With that being said, though, I took the liberty of writing down my top 10 NFL receivers. And again, this is not... Who's going to get the most yards Cause and who who has the most catches? This is best receiver. I'm If I'm a quarterback and I'm throwing, who do I want to throw to to help the team win and to catch the ball? These are the top ten. Number ten, T.Y. Hilton of the Indianapolis Colts. One of the, one of the uh, you know, he's kind of overlooked. Um. He's going to have Phillip Rivers thrown to him this year, and he can burn. When he catches the ball, man, he can burn. His his yards after catch is ridiculous. And he's reliable. He catches the ball. T.Y. Hilton can be on my team any day. He's number 10. He's the 10th best receiver, in my opinion. Number 9, we're going to L.A. for the Chargers. we got Keenan Allen. Again, Kind of one of those second-tier wide receivers. And, man, this guy can catch. And he puts up the stats, he scores, touchdowns, you know. He had Phillip Rivers thrown to him uh, many years. So, Keenan Allen's the ninth-best receiver. Again, more of the second-tier, probably. <clears throat> kind of receiver still an excellent one nonetheless Keenan Allen at number 9 number 8 someone people have probably forgotten about because he's been injured the past couple of years but when healthy AJ Green is one of the best receivers in football you know he's unfortunately been hurt the past few years and had Andy Dalton throwing to him, which Andy Dalton, I like Andy Dalton, but he's not a superstar stud, you know, like some of these guys have thrown to him, Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes and stuff. And we don't know if A.J. Green, where he will be. He may be in Cincinnati uh, this coming season. We don't know yet. Nonetheless, 
Again, he, he's not quite into that upper echelon of receivers, but he's darn close. And he, A.J. Green, is number eight. Number seven, Murray Cooper in Dallas, previously in Oakland. Um, he had a great year last year, his first year in Dallas with Dak Prescott and the crew. I expect uh, nothing less this year. You know, he has another weapon alongside him with C.D. Lamb, but he's, I think, Murray Cooper's going to be the same guy. And Michael Gallup, a nice young receiver, um, he's going to be on the come up as well. Murray Cooper, another one of those guys, when he gets a ball in his hands, you better watch out. His yards after catch are great. He can score in the red zone, and he, Murray Cooper, is number seven. Number six, one of the most physical receivers that I love watching, Mike Evans in Tampa Bay. Now, he has Tom Brady now thrown to him. He does, And Tom Brady, unlike Jameis Winston, is not a gunslinger. He's not going to throw the ball, you know, 50 yards down the field for Mike Evans to go up and catch it. So we might see his numbers impacted a bit this year, especially on explosive plays. But nonetheless, an excellent red zone target because he's physical, he's big. He loves to block. And he can catch he can catch just about anything thrown in his direction. I love the physicality. I can't speak about it enough. I expect big things from Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to mention, but Mike Evans is really the top tier guy in Tampa Bay. Now with Tom Brady, you know, the greatest of all time thrown to him. I'm super excited to see what they can do together. Mike Evans and number six. So the top five here, we're kind of getting into that top-tier wide, wide receiver, the guys that really kind of separate themselves, stats and, you know, just catching the ball and, you know, doing all the little things. We're going to start number five. We're going to Kansas City. we got probably the fastest guy in the league in Tyreek Hill, and not much to say about this. He can fly, talk about yards after catch. If he catches a slant or a drag route, you better tackle him immediately or you're going to make multiple guys miss. He can burn it with the best of them. He can fly past any corner in the game. doesn't hurt. You have Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball your way. He kept, he had some spectacular catches. You know, he had that big catch in the Super Bowl this year to help propel Kansas City to a comeback win. Tyreek Hill, the speedster, the cheetah. He's number five. Number four, another player who kind of suffered from a bit of injury last year, but nonetheless still an excellent receiver, is, of course, Devontae Adams. He had that, I think it was turf toe or whatever it was last year, toe turf, however you say it. But still, he is, if he was not in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, we, it would be a totally different story because he's the only reliable target that Aaron Rodgers has to throw to. And you talk about reliable he makes some spectacular catches along the sidelines. He's an unbelievable toe tapper. Like I said, Aaron Rodgers' best target. When the and when Green Bay needs a play, and they're in a third and long situation or a situation where you can't run the ball with Aaron Jones, who's an excellent running back, of course. Who does Aaron Rodgers look to? Nine times out of ten, Devontae Adams, number seventeen in the green, in green and yellow. Excellent receiver. He's fourth on the list. Devontae Adams. Getting into the nitty-gritty here. Third overall 
in my opinion, best receiver in, in the NFL. We're going to Atlanta. We're talking Julio Jones now. He is a physical specimen. He Talk about physical like Mike Evans. I'm sure everyone has seen the play where Matt Ryan threw a ball up and it was almost intercepted, and then Julio came and laid the big hit on. I can't remember who it was that was playing defense, but he's physical. He is tall. He's lanky. He can go up and get it. He makes some unbelievably spectacular catches. He'd probably be one or two. He just can't find the red zone a lot, and that's not. I'm not saying that's completely his fault. But still, he doesn't quite have the red zone presence that the top two guys have, which we'll get into now. Julio Jones, great receiver in Atlanta. Good offense in particular in Atlanta. I'm excited to see that this year with the addition of Todd Gurley. Matt Ryan, his favorite target, of course. Number three, Julio Jones. So number one, number one and two here, I had a tough time debating like who I'm going to put where, but... And, and, you know, it, really this could be a 1A and 1B. Maybe that's what I'm going to call that a 1A and 1B. 1B is Mike Thomas of the New Orleans Saints. And what else is there to say about this guy? 149 catches last year for 1,700 yards. Like, that is just ridiculous. A lot of his catches are, you know, kind of shorter routes. But nonetheless, Drew Brees trusts him and with good reason. He'll catch anything thrown his way. His catch percentage, you know, was in the high 70s last year, 78%. So he catches 8 out of 10 balls thrown his way, which is incredible. Mike Thomas, man, he can be on my team any day. He would be number one, except there's a bad dude in Arizona that we're going to talk about next. But Michael Thomas, number two overall. Number one, I do agree with DeAndre Hopkins, that he is the best receiver in the league. Now, he's kind of a combination of Mike Thomas and Julio Jones. Julio, he's got the, the tall lankiness and, these, and the catchability of Julio Jones, but he also has the red zone presence of Michael Thomas. Last three years, over 1,000 yards receiving. And he, and like I said at the at the start, he just catches everything, and that's the biggest job of a wide receiver is to catch the ball. Not saying the other guys don't catch, but he doesn't drop a pass. He, he puts his nose down and works. And I think that DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the NFL. So once again, T.Y. Hilton at number 10, Keenan Allen number 9, A.J. Green number 8, Amari Cooper number 7, Mike Evans is number six. Tyreek Hill, number five. Devontae Adams, four. Julio Jones, three. Michael Thomas, two. And DeAndre Hopkins, number one. The top ten receivers in the NFL. All of them great, by the way. All of them are just excellent. But if I had to put the top ten in order, that's how I would do it. <clears throat> Going to talk a little NBA now, and... As I'm sure you've heard, they're ta- thinking about different playoff formats, and I'm on the record, you know, in the previous episode saying I absolutely love the World Cup um, format idea. You know, we have different groups, and you play within the groups. I think that'd be very entertaining. 
but probably the more practical idea is going to be the 1 through 16 seed, you know, regardless of conference, take the best 16 teams and 1 plays 16, 2 plays 15 and etc. <clears throat> With that being said, here is my predictions as if the NBA goes this route, the 1 through 16, no no conference uh, playoff seeding. This is what I believe will happen in each round, so let's get into it. Starting with round one, as of right now, it will be the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Orlando Magic. This is just a talent mismatch. Giannis is going to dominate. I expect a sweep for Milwaukee, so Milwaukee moving on in this round. Number two, the uh, number two seed Lakers will be playing the number 15 seed Brooklyn Nets. Would have been very intriguing if Kyrie was healthy and KD came back. However, it doesn't seem that will be the case, especially about KD. That being said, without KD, I think the Lakers kind of dominate this series. I also expect a sweep here for the Lakers. Lakers moving on. Number three, Raptors will play the number 14, Memphis Grizzlies. I think Memphis, Memphis wins a game here. Because the Raptors don't have the star power that you know the Lakers and the and the Bucks have with you know Giannis, of course. But this is also just a mismatch. Nick Nurse has them playing extremely well. They're very well defensively. John Morant, I think, will will one game um, from for the Memphis Grizzlies. But ultimately, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, and the Raptors will win this series and move on to the next round. The number four Clippers against the 76ers. And don't get me, don't, Sixers, no. It's not happening. No upset here. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are talented, but something about Philly, they just can't seem to get it together. The Clippers, of course, ex have an excellent coach, Doc Rivers, and two superstars, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. I expect this a four to five game series, if it's a best of seven, of course. Clippers win and move on. The number five Celtics would host the number 12 Pacers. Now, I love the Pacers. I really, really do. I think Nate McMillan's doing an excellent job there, and people should take note of that. He doesn't get enough credit for the job he's done. That being said, Victor Oladipo hasn't seemed to have been himself since he came back from injury. I know we haven't seen it, of course, in a couple of months. Hasn't really seemed to be himself um, after coming back. And they would really, they being Indiana, would really need him to carry uh, the team in this series. I don't think he could do that. They're so well coached, I'll give them a game. But ultimately, I think Boston and the talent they have, Campbell Walker, Gordon Hayward, um, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum and the crew, Brad Stevens is an exceptional young coach, and the bench with Marcus Smart and the guys, I think Boston will win this series in four to five. I'll say five games. Boston moves on. <clears throat> number six Nuggets would host the number 11 Thunder. Talk about good jobs. I love what also what OKC is doing with Billy Donovan. You know, after the trade, um, you know, for uh, with Russell uh, Westbrook, they got Chris Paul back and some nice pieces. People were very skeptical, me being one of them, about how they would perform together. Is Chris Paul really going to be invested in this? He, they put all doubters, you know, to bed. 
So, you know, Danilo Gallinari, Shai Gildress, Alexander, Chris Paul, Stephen Adams, the crew, a nice team. But I think Denver ultimately will gain the upper hand in this series. Jokic, Murray, Gary Harris, the crew. I like Denver in six in this series, especially at home where they play, you know, in the mile high. Um, I'll, I'll take Denver to win against the Thunder. Probably the most intriguing matchup of the first round would be the number seven Heat against the number 10 Rockets. Number 10 Rockets, that doesn't even sound right when you have a guy like James Harden, let alone Russell Westbrook. But man, them Heat. They are rough riders. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Oh, these guys are rough. They play physical. They can shoot. You know, they got the Hero and Robinson to shoot, and these guys can shoot. Goran Dragic, I like him a lot. And I think, I don't know if you call this an upset, because technically the Heat are the higher seed, but I imagine a lot of people would favor the Rockets. But I like the Heat in this series. In a six to seven game series, especially with home court, Jimmy Butler, great defense, you know, mid range game. I think he wills him in the Heat um, to victory against the Rockets and another disappointing season for Houston, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, not to mention the struggles that James Harden has typically had in the playoffs. I think we would see the Heat eventually come out on top in a six to seven game series. It'd be a great series to watch. I like the Heat in the to move on. Last uh, matchup of the first round would be the number eight Jazz against the number nine Mavericks. I really like this map this matchup as well. I don't think the Mavericks are quite there yet. They had an exceptional season, but I think they're going to have to learn to learn to lose in the playoffs, which they will do this year to the Utah Jazz. Quinn Snyder. I, I, one of my favorite coaches in the NBA plays exception gets his team playing exceptional defense. Of course, with Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and the rest of the crew. I like Utah in this series. It might go around six games would be my prediction, but eventually Utah would come out on top and move on. That would be round one. Now we're going to move on to round two, and our first matchup would be the Milwaukee Bucks against the Utah Jazz, and as much as I love Quinn Snyder, Utah Jazz, I think Milwaukee would win the series in five to six games. Nobody nobody can stop Giannis. It's that simple. They have home court. Um, they can shoot. So I'd like Milwaukee to win and move on against the Utah Jazz. Number two, Lakers will play Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat. And now, this will be a good series. It'll be very entertaining. Like I said, I love watching the Heat. But I think the Lakers would eventually win the series. The talent, they have a talent mismatch. and that, Like with Anthony Davis, especially down low, and LeBron James, of course. And they, the Lakers rebound very well. They have a lot of height with McGee and Dwight Howard. I think ultimately this will be too much for Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat to handle. Great run, but I like the Lakers in five to six. Number three Raptors against the number six Denver Nuggets. Now, the Raptors, while they are very well coached, and I like Pascal Siakam, I do think the Denver Nuggets would upset the Raptors in this series if you call it an upset. 
Nikola Jokic is an exceptional player. He's he's kind of a point center. He he can run the offense, and he can he can do it all. He can score, pass, rebound, do whatever you need him to do. I think he's going to be a problem for the Toronto Raptors. I think Marcus Saul's too slow to guard Jokic, and I think the shooting of the Nuggets and the exceptional coaching. Even though Nick Nurse is one of the best coaches in the league, he has my vote for uh, Coach of the Year. I do think the Nuggets would upset the Raptors in six to seven games. Now it will be a good series. But I like the Nuggets to move on. The last matchup of round two would be the, the Clippers and the Celtics. Doc Rivers, of course, playing his old team. I like the Clippers in this series. The Celtics are... They're kind of young. They need. They're gonna kind of the similar fashion as the Mavericks. Yes, they did win the one series against the Indiana Pacers on a talent mismatch. When they go up against the Clippers, I think the Clippers take them out with relative ease, five to six games. Kawhi Leonard, to Paul George, and the crew too much for Boston Celtics to handle. I like Boston. I like Kemba Walker there. I like how young they are. I like a lot of things about this team. I like Brad Stevens. But I think they're going to need another year or two to develop and, you know, get that chemistry. So I will take the Clippers to move on. The final four, so to speak, would be the number one Bucks hosting the number six Nuggets and the number two Lakers hosting the number four Clippers. Bucks Nuggets will start with, and I like Milwaukee to make it to the finals. Giannis just wills his way there. He powers over uh, Denver. Milwaukee has such great shooting that I, I can't see. Because if you, as soon as you collapse on Giannis, he kicks it out. It's an open three. If you don't collapse on Giannis, well, we know how that typically ends. I like Giannis and the Bucks to move on here in a good series against Denver Nuggets. Their opponent, the Battle of L.A., the Lakers and Clippers, who would win? I got it's Now, at the beginning of the year, this was a big debate in the NBA. Who was better between the Lakers and Clippers? And all along, I have said it is the Clippers. And I'm sticking to that. I like the Clippers to beat the Lakers in a great, entertaining series in L.A. I like Kawhi. I think Kawhi is just going to kind of do what we've seen last, uh, the last NBA playoffs. He just kind of takes over. He does his thing. He's automatic, plays hard. He's going to lock down whoever he's defending. I expect for the most part it'll be LeBron James. But he might have to defend Anthony Davis. But I expect Kawhi to have a series. And I expect the Clippers to move on in a great series, by the way, in six to seven games. That leaves us with the NBA final of Milwaukee versus the LA Clippers. Probably a lot of people's preseason predictions. Instead of the Clippers, maybe the Lakers. But I think Milwaukee was the resounding favorite to come out of the East. Unfortunately for Milwaukee, they're going to run in to Paul George, to Kawhi Leonard, to this excellent bench of the Clippers. It's going to be a good run for Milwaukee, but I don't see them getting past the Clippers. Again, could be a good series. But Giannis, remember last year when Toronto played Milwaukee in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, Kawhi Leonard kind of locked up Giannis, and Milwaukee didn't know what to do. I think we might see something similar, especially with the addition of another great defender in Paul George. 
who can guard a Chris Middleton or who can guard, you know, whoever else, this, who the second option is on the floor. So I think we're going to see an L.A. Clippers win the NBA title this year in six games against the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think it's going to be a great playoffs. And I think the NBA is going to pull it off very well. Once again, your NBA champions this year, the Los Angeles Clippers. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Clear Cut Sports. Looking forward to talking again on Monday. Until then, stay safe, everybody. And again, my thoughts go out to the city and the state of Minnesota and Minneapolis. Stay safe out there, everybody.